0: Hey guys, my name is Logan Schreiber, and you are listening to Renewing of the Mind, CBT, and Prayer. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thanks for listening into my podcast today. My name is Logan Schreiber, and I am currently a psychology student at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. I am creating this podcast as my Christian faith is something I have dedicated my life to, and has really been my biggest priority in life. So my faith has not only been my identity, but has given me a deep heart in caring for others and helping to reach and connect with every individual. As a student here at UWC, we're given a task of researching and creating a project on something we're passionate about. As a Christian psychology student, I wanted to look into where we see scripture embedded within our understanding of how we think and function and see if Christianity and spirituality hold a meaningful place within psychology. Two topics I dove my research into were the relevance of faith in therapy, specifically looking at cognitive behavioral therapy and whether including faith creates more effective treatment as well as looking into prayer and whether this is something that actually impacts individuals or is merely a practice within Christianity. With a lot of stigma around therapy within the Christian community, I wanted to create this as a resource to see how therapy and psychology don't necessarily contradict scripture and faith. But this podcast isn't just for the Christians, but also anyone who's interested in psychology or therapy and wants to hear about the evidence that shows faith holds a vital role within therapy and possibly even how the brain functions. I hope some of the studies and the research raise questions of the role of faith in the brain and that a small step can be made towards not viewing religion and science as opposites as some people may believe so cbt what is this So CBT is short for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Pierce et al. 2015 outlined this saying, central premise of CBT is that thought patterns and beliefs, our emotional states, and behavior are all interconnected. CBT looks to identify, challenge, and change cognitive processes. It looks to change behavior by looking at our cognitions and seeing where we have cognitive errors, such as jumping to conclusions, using a negative mental filter, all or nothing thinking or catastrophizing within the way we think. It looks to identify, challenge, and replace these maladaptive thoughts for healthy ones. CBT is commonly used within treatment for chronic pain, insomnia, depression, OCD, opioid abuse, suicidal thoughts, memory loss from chemotherapy, and many other psychotherapy issues, Mel, 2016. CBT is a widely popular mode of therapy and can be a great option for Christians should they decide to pursue therapy. So, where can we see the relevance of scripture within this? Why is this a great option for Christians? In scripture, in Romans 12:2, the verse says, "Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." So this whole idea of renewing of your mind is very similar to what CBT is. It's changing our cognitive processes. It's looking at how we can change how we think. So it says, don't conform to this, but be transformed by this process, which is the whole goal of CBT. As Christians, we're also called to take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 10.5, which reads, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ and honestly that sounds a lot like cbt blank 2022 wrote an article in which she talks very much about what cbt really does to our brain and how we can see this so cbt it can help to create these physiolo- physiological adaptations so we transform internal networks through a process and a phenomenon that we know as neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is the ability for the brain to be able to change. And so a lot of people think that our brains are very constant throughout our life and we see that that's not true at all. So there's two processes. The first, LTP, which is long-term potentiation. It's psychological changes and reconfiguration of neural networks due to repeated use and stimulation through thoughts and experiences and then there's also LTD, which is long-term depression. So this is the flip side. The decreased use of certain neural pathways leads to increasingly inefficient neural pathways. So the process of LTP allows certain thoughts to have the potential to become automatic. And this is the whole process of CBT. It's practicing these thought patterns and repeating this over and over until this becomes an automatic thought. And that's where we see the behavior change. And there's a lot of similarities to this within this whole idea of transforming our mind and renewing our mind, which we see in scripture. And pathways can also be resistant to change with age, which means the more we practice these healthy thoughts, the more difficult it will be to change those thoughts in the future. And this also can be a stumbling block within therapy because if we have pathways and thoughts that we have had, for a long time that we have repeatedly thought about that we've compete, repeatedly engaged in it can be quite difficult to change this but that's why we have these supports however there are some criticisms in the christian community to cbt and whether this really is a biblical practice there's a big split on this for christianity and honestly the reasons why do make sense so cbt focuses on identifying faulty core beliefs and irrational thoughts and thinking. It confronts them with truth statements and alters behavior by changing one's thoughts. Mel 2016. However, CBT focuses on what is helpful, whereas faith focuses on what we believe is true. Mel 2016. So scripture points to God being the truth. Scripture says things such as, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14, 6, or Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above. This whole process of changing our thoughts is based on the truth of things that aren't here on earth, but rather are eternal, are in heaven. That's the whole idea of setting our mind on things above. But the biggest critique of CBT is that we don't see this process of sanctification. So sanctification is a big churchy word. And What it is, is it means changing ourselves, our actions, our thoughts to be more like Christ. It can be challenging, it can be refining, and it can be a difficult process. Oftentimes, scripture compares sanctification to the process of being refined through a fire. It can be quite difficult, and you don't always see this within CBT because, again, it looks at what is helpful. And oftentimes putting people through trials and struggles to see where their thinking might not exactly line up with Christ can be a very difficult thing. John 17, 7 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So the idea of Christian renewing of the mind is focusing on God and who He is and looking at the truth of Scripture, the truth of the Bible whereas CBT might not always include this. So there's also some ethical areas to including scripture and all of these Christian practices within therapy. There can be issues of dual relationships, of religious and professional, imposing religious values on clients, violating work setting roles, such as the church state boundaries, informed consent issues, and clinician competency, regards in 2005. This can be quite difficult if a therapist doesn't feel like they really have the ability to relate or the ability to actually cross these boundaries because religion looks different for everyone. Faith looks different for everyone. And so where someone might want incorporation, it might look different for someone else. And this can be a boundary that can be quite difficult for people to reach. So looking at the effects of suicide, we're almost at all, conducted a study that looked at the effectiveness of religiously integrated cognitive behavioral therapy, as we know as RCBT, and compared it to conventional CBT, or in this study called it CCBT, and it looked at how this decreases suicidal thoughts in persons with major depressive disorder and chronic medical illnesses, and this was a randomized trial, so it was great because it had individuals of different faiths, of different baselines of religiosity and what it did is it assigned them to either rcbt or ccbt and it measured their suicidal thoughts in by three different measures and looked at these suicidal thoughts in these ratings at four weeks eight weeks 12 weeks and 24 weeks what they found was that ccbt and rcbt were equally as effective at decreasing suicidal thoughts however The cool part that I found was that religiosity was measured at baseline, and they found it to be a key predictor in decreasing suicidal thoughts, independent of treatment group. We've seen how implementing scripture within therapy has been more effective for spiritual clients in the meta analysis done by Pierce et al. But where does this play a role? So there isn't any studies done for this, but I do have a personal hypothesis. So we have this idea of the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, through 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Having this religiosity shows a greater presence of the spirit within an individual. Religiosity is the dedication to it how important is your faith to you? And as a Christian, we believe that when we're walking with the spirit, when we're walking with God, when we're truly following him, we're filled with this fruit. And so it would make sense to me why they're able to recover from depression faster because they have this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it also says this in James 1, 5, verses five through seven. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So, what this says is that we have to believe that God is going to give us this wisdom, that God is going to give us this change, this difference. So it would make sense to me why religiosity plays a huge role in this. Because if you have this doubt, it's not going to make a difference. It says that God gives wisdom. He gives this peace. But only when we believe this. Otherwise, it's not going to make a difference. So scripturally, it would make sense to me. In another study done by Koenig, 2011... They tried to see if there's a difference between religious and conventional psychotherapy, and they did find that greater religiosity predicts faster resolution of depressive symptoms. So the difference between this and this first study was just looking at how effective they were in decreasing suicidal thoughts, and they'd seen that religiosity proved to be more effective. But now this study builds upon that to show that not only does incorporating this religious aspect to it (laughs) improve the effectiveness, but it also can help individuals recover faster from experiencing depressive symptoms. Another relevant point in looking at how faith impacts people is looking at suicide statistics. So I had a lot of difficulty in finding Christian targeted statistics on this, but we can see the impacts of just having simply a religious affiliation. Religious affiliation doesn't necessarily protect against suicidal ideation, but it does protect against suicide attempts. Lawrence et al. 2016. So this is no surprise to me, as I think this whole idea of struggling has been seen many times throughout the Bible. We're promised to have hard times. In John 16.33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. As Christians, we are supposed to know that our hope isn't here. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So unaffiliated individuals actually had the highest risk for suicide, according to Lawrence et al. 2016. Having no affiliation to a religion actually increased the rates of suicidal attempts in bipolar patients by 23 And so while it was difficult to find information on Christian targeted statistics, there was still a little bit of a study that (laughs) revealed this. Um, However, it did have limited generalizability because it was focused on just US Air Force, but they did find that the rates of suicidal ideation were higher than average among non-Christian religions. But this was the only study I could find that compared Christian to other religions. So how is this relevant? to therapy, how is this important for therapists? We've seen and talked about some of the ties and the relations between scripture and therapy, but why is this relevant to therapists? Michelle Pierce is a clinical psychologist and a researcher who wrote an article for the Society of Advancement for Psychotherapy. And this article was called Why Religion Needs a Seat at Psychotherapy's Table. One of her quotes from her article said, religious identity and worldview are integral aspects of how religious clients think about, experience, respond to, and take action upon their world. This means that there's a good chance their religious faith is a lens through which they view their experience of mental health problems and recovery. So Koenig, 2011, talked about some statistics that I think are really important to this. And this was done in January, 2009. They found that 65% of Americans indicated that religion is an important part of their daily life. They actually found that 90% of hospitalized patients with medical problems use religion to cope. Grim 2019 found 84% of the clients in addiction counseling expressed a desire for a greater emphasis on spirituality and treatment. Keating 2011 found 56% of U.S. psychiatrists never rarely or only sometimes inquire about religious spiritual issues in patients with depression or anxiety. So I think that this super big gap is very different from having 65% saying that it's important to their daily life, 90% of hospitalized patients using religion to cope, and now 84% saying that they want a desire for greater emphasis in spirituality, but yet 56% of psychiatrists don't incorporate this. Several studies actually show 53 to 77% of clients reported wanting to have a discussion about religious or spiritual beliefs and issues. 72% preferred a practitioner who respected and integrated their religious beliefs into therapy, Pierce 2015. Other research shows that some clients think therapists who integrate religion and spirituality in treatment are more competent than those who do not, Pierce 2015. A majority of therapists believe religion can be helpful to their clients, and this is something she talked about in her article. However, the issue is, many don't feel comfortable engaging in these issues due to a lack of familiarity. And a majority of doctoral programs and pre-doctoral internships do not provide clinical training in religious and spiritual issues. The demographics of therapists don't match the demographics they're serving psychologists and psychiatrists are traditionally less religious than the population they serve however this is important because the more religious individuals are the less likely they are to be depressed and if they do become depressed they tend to recover more quickly we've seen these in the studies that we've seen spiritual struggles can worsen psychiatric symptoms and so this is something that individuals should be able to talk about in therapy if this is a core part of who they are and they're really struggling within their faith or questions being able to talk about this even if it's religious integrated cognitive behavioral therapy as we talked about could be extremely helpful for clients and individuals in 2005 talked about three guiding values when considering religious interventions And the first is respect for clients' autonomy and their freedom, sensitivity to empathy for the client's religious and spiritual beliefs and flexibility and responsiveness to the client's religious and spiritual beliefs. So earlier in this episode, I said we'd be talking about prayer. So how does this fit in? How does this fit into what we've been talking about with scripture and therapy? Well, a common practice to incorporating faith into therapy has been with the incorporation of prayer, as we saw in religiously integrated cognitive behavioral therapy. But What's interesting is not only is it relevant to this thought changing therapy, as we talked about the effectiveness with, but it also holds relevance to how it changes the brain and characteristics of individuals and how we function. So another study was done by Kober et al. 2017 and a little disclaimer, this study did not just focus on Christian prayer, but just prayer in general. So I found that prayer is associated with focusing attention on internal states and self-awareness processes. So the study was done with both a control and an experimental group. 20 prayed frequently and 20 prayed rarely. So they found that high prayer increased neurofeedback and it had high neurofeedback in individuals who were in frequent prayer. So they found plastic changes in the brain, areas associated with cognitive control, metacognitive awareness and emotional regulation. High prayer is also connected to higher levels of spirituality and high prayer frequency showed improvement ability to control their own brain activity. So, seeing this impact of prayer on the brain and behavior makes sense why it would be integrated within religious integrated therapies. With seeing the impact that faith incorporation can have on individuals and in therapy, it makes me so encouraged to see steps towards having this integrated within treatment for individuals. So through this podcast, I had hoped to raise some questions of the importance of interaction of faith in psychology so that you could be able to think about it critically for yourself. So I ask you, listener, do you think faith has a place in psychology and treatment through therapy? I can tell you, I sure do. Thanks for listening.